Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And after a week away, we are back. So no Fantastival last week. We're back this week. I was off to sunny Margate for my holidays last week. Had a great time. If you've ever been to Margate, some places in Margate are really nice and some not so nice. So if you're listening in Margate, please give me a shout. Let me know what you think of Margate, but I'll stop waffling now uh, and pretty much get on with introducing my guest on tonight's 17th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. This week, uh, I have a guest who I have two connections with, actually, although I've only known him for a quite short time. Firstly, he also works at H&V, as do I, in the fantastic H&V Wigan store. And secondly, he also is a keen podcaster. He has a retro games podcast called Maximum Power Up, which is very highly recommended and well worth checking out. So tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Paul Monaghan. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm you know, really, really looking forward to this, definitely. Mate, absolutely pleasure to have you on. I've been having withdrawal symptoms and looking forward <laughs> to catching up um, with you this evening. So to start off, I mean, how are you doing? How are you? Uh, not so bad. About to start a week off work. So, um, yeah, we have, like I said to you just before, we've got baby two on the way in a month's time. So a few things going on there. But, uh, yeah, just been busy with my own podcast, recording quite a bit, like... Uh, working through my list of guests because uh, as you mentioned do a games podcast and spent a lot of time interviewing a lot of well-known uh, people from the games industry uh, mainly from games magazines people like jazz rignall dominic diamond uh, even had danny wallace on so for that episode i had a chance to um discuss music a bit with him you know as he has his radio show as well and uh, yeah i just love hearing the stories you know, because uh, print media, a bit of a dying art now, but, you know, those 80s and 90s magazines were uh, were great. So it's um, fantastic, you know, to hear all about the times back then. And if anybody wants to hear your podcast, Paul, we'll give it a, a nice plug to start this podcast. How would one go about hearing your podcast? Okay, basically, if you just search, um, well, www.maximumpowerup.com, uh, that has all our episodes there, and again, at Maximum Power Up on Twitter, and Maximum Power Up on Facebook, and then you'll see all the links and everything like that, I mean, we've just had our 100th episode, so uh, 101 came out the other week, and 102 should hit. Uh, by the time this is out so uh yeah it's, it's been going now for just over five years so it's not just interviews you know there's a bit of chat about modern gaming as well as retro but something for everyone if you're into gaming <laughs> so massive congratulations on passing the 100 mark i know how difficult and oh, how gotcha. time consuming that can be obviously doing your own podcast so well done on that and like you know i said earlier check it out i mean a lot of my friends are into football manager go back to episode seven there's a fantastic episode on Football Manager, well worth listening to, along with the most recent ones, as Paul spoke about. So tonight, Paul, we're going to be talking music uh, and not games, but before we do, tell us a bit more about yourself. I mean, I covered, you're obviously a keen music fan working in H&V, you're obviously a massive gamer doing a gaming podcast. Yeah, I mean, we'll obviously, for once, I won't talk about games too much, but... um, like in regards to the music, uh, like you mentioned, I work at HMV. Um, this is like the second proper stint uh, with the company. So I returned in 2018 over at the Wigan store. 
tried it out previously worked um, and yeah I absolutely love it I mean it's a funny one working for HMB and anyone who listens that works for HMB will understand this um, it, it's just something that it does sound so cheesy but it does feel like family you know because you make some really, really good friendships. Um, I feel like the staff that work for HMB, they know this, it sounds like an advert for the company. Does, I don't yeah. mean it to, but, <laughs> you know, um, I don't, come work for HMB, we need you. Um, no, it's, it's the fact that, you know, it, it's got, like, a good mixture of staff that between us all, like, over at Wigan, you know, we're all into a mixture of stuff. I mean, I'm quite set in my ways with, like, a lot of 80s and 90s, and there's not much modern stuff that I'm really into. Um and when I class what is modern, it's usually anything after the year 2000 now, which sort of blows my mind because that's like 20 years ago, you know. And um, there's times where you sort of like, oh, God, I must be getting older because I'm like 40, almost 41. And again, working in a music shop, you sort of see this, don't you? Because you go, oh, it's such an album's 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary. Even something like um, the... Cortina St. Jude, when that came out, um, I remember the first time back in, oh God, when was it, like 2008, 2009, and then we did the 10th anniversary, but the one that sort of brought it home to me was, like, when when I went back to HMV in 2018, it was the 20th anniversary for Manic Street Preachers, This Is My Truth. Um, album and I remember serving a customer with it going oh yeah you know you get this box set you get this with it oh it's really really nice and then I went oh, I remember this coming out like when, uh, when I started working at Virgin Megastore in 98 hmm. I went oh god and like all of a sudden like being hit with a bloody boulder going where's 20 years gone <laughs> you know and um, I think that's just it because like you know my mates who don't work in retail they always go bloody hell Paul it's always game shops and music shops for you and I have tried other jobs but it's always that calling back to something that I'm interested in and that's usually something I can't shut up about so games and music you know it's I think what's into when I was about four I'm still into <laughs> yeah I know that just makes it sound a bit strange but you know still Super Nintendo you know still like the you know, early 90s dance and rave, still into things like, you know, Metallica and Megadeth, you know, those uh, 90s uh, metal bands and stuff. That's why I enjoyed listening to the one uh, that you had with Aidy, um, you know, from the Liverpool store, because he mentioned, you know, the likes of Pantera, and I'm like going, oh, yeah, good choice, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing, hearing people's choices and thinking, oh, I would never have put those in my Fantastical, but then when you hear someone talk about that relevant band go okay that's a really fair point and I can see why you've done that and that's all kind of what the Fantastical was here for to kind of open up people's minds and get people listening to new music we had a fantastic tweet from Glenn Wilkie earlier in the week I think it was on um, two days ago said he was listening to Brownie uh, McGee and Sonny Terry who Jason Ringenberg mentioned and I kind of had barely heard them but then you know went and listened to them and it was fantastic so that was great so you obviously mentioned uh, early 90s dance and rave and you've mentioned a few metal acts I mean is those is that kind of what music you're into is that what does it for you yeah I mean it, it's a funny one isn't it because I think uh, and it's probably been said on here before I can't remember 100% off the top of my head but you know when you start getting to like 11 or 12 that's when you really start getting into your music and you sort of focus on particular styles particular bands and that's that's where I sort of came from with things like what about 
the very early 90s stuff like you know a lot of the rave artists on like xl recordings and stuff um you know like uh prodigy the likes of alternate utah saints and things um and then i remember um that's all i'd listen to you know like people had hand out um like up here on yeah when key 103 was a radio station you had um like the um dance rave type dj Stu allen and every sunday night it'd do like uh, you know a couple of like hardcore rave you know mixes and stuff so this is before it all went just to things like you know happy hardcore which i absolutely hate you know <laughs> and um it went away from more of the piano led you know uh, when you listen to things like um, liquid sweet harmony you know and um things like oh god urban hype and you know trip to trumpton you know they're quite melodic as well you know um and i loved that you know i love that piano style you know and it's um it's just tunes that got stuck in your head and then because like rave and dance was changing i mean i got into like a lot of eurodance stuff like capella and uh you know things like uh, artists like max and I'll hopefully some people listening will just go oh yeah bloody hell yeah i remember all that you know and i, I think i was into like all that eurodance stuff up to I'd say about 94 going to 95 because around that time you had obviously the likes of you know the brit pop um I waste some blur battles there, mates who are into that. And, you know, I think everyone, you know, liked some Oasis or Blur. But then I was getting into, um, all right, listen to uh, Megadeth, and it was the album Euthanasia. And I absolutely loved it. So this must have been 1995. And, um, then that's when I was getting more into bands like, you know, a lot more guitar heavy, bands like Television. Um, and then I got more into the metal side. So again, like Paradise Lost, Pantera, uh, Sepultura, Metallica, but I still preferred Megadeth, you know, for quite a long time. Mm. Um, and, you know, and then time, what I got to college age, so like 17, 18, I was more looking back then going to, things like in excess depeche mode the cure um <laughs> i've also got like the songs that i heard when i was a kid you know like when i was it was funny someone put a tweet out and it said what what, what artists remind you of you know like um you know like your dad what would you class as dad music and someone mentioned as well as me mentioned like level 42 which i know was mentioned on the show you know a couple of weeks ago yeah and I think of the same with like Deacon Blue as well, but these are bands that I quite like, and these are also bands that when I put them on at work, I get no end of abuse, not from the customers, mind, from the staff, um, you know, because they're like, oh, bloody hell, Paul, you know, this is awful, but I just like music like that, which you can just sing along to, because like, I do like the 80s pop, like, aha, uh -huh, Duran Duran, it's just... There's not much after the year 2000 that I really like. There's a handful of artists, you know, um, like recently, the latest, like, Dua Lipa album, I, I like, you know. I think every year there's half a dozen albums that, I, you know, chart and current, and I go, yeah, this is good. You know, this is jumping out to me. But most of the time it's stuck in the past, you know. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So you mentioned kind of stuff you have listened to is there anything currently you're listening to that you you're really kind of digging at the moment whether that's new or whether that's old um oh god i'm just trying to think like i've been listening to again because of uh, this show 
um, quite a bit of like level 42 again, so that's <laughs> a bit of a renaissance, um, and, and just trying out a few of like the very first albums, because, you know, before they went a bit more mainstream and everything, um, so see, the show's done its job, you know, it's made me start to look backwards a bit more, um, I've been listening to the latest Biffy Clyro album a bit. Oh, I think that's mind. amazing. That's that is yeah. my album of the year so far. I think I yeah, I, I, I really, really into them a couple of years ago, and in the last two or three offerings, I've kind of been like, oh, it's not bad, but I haven't really gone back into it. But the last <laughs> album, kind of, or the newest one, just blew my head off basically yeah. <laughs> when I listened to yeah. it. That, that last track's phenomenal. Yeah, oh God, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, just trying to think what else. I mean, earlier on today, it reminded me of like I wanted to put out a tweet and said like um, that it is sort of like a band that I don't love, but I love the album. And I was listening to like Snow Patrol, Final Straw before, and I think it's a fantastic album, but. I'm not bothered about anything else apart from the very odd song of theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like I was like thinking like how many other artists. Where I go, you know what? This album, amazing. The rest of the stuff, forget it. You know, um, I feel like that a little bit with the Killers. You know, first Killers album, amazing. Um, and again, you could probably, you know, get another amazing album from the other, the other albums. You know, I'm probably gonna just be losing listens here. You know, um, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. They always say, don't they, with the band where they go right when it's your first album, you've got as much time as you want just to nail it. Yeah. You know, and I suppose it's the same as like, you know, when the band gets that breakthrough album where you go, my God, this is amazing. You know, it's like hit after hit, you know, and sometimes it's just so hard to, you know, get that benchmark again. You know, it's uh, it's just like some of my favourite bands and some of my favourite albums, you know, they've, they've stayed, you know, up there, you know, like, for example, again, just mentioning metal, things like Paradise Lost Draconian Times, you know, I think it's like, God, 25 years old, I think. Um, and it's just like, again, Masterpiece, like uh, Megadeth, Lost in Peace, you know, these are the albums that like, I heard and I go, this is it, this is like their pinnacle, more or less, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's it's just there's not too much current stuff that I, you know that I absolutely love. You know, it, it's really, really, really got to you know knock it out of the park for me to to take notice. But again, like I mentioned with that Dua Lipa album, it did the job, and I was like, God, I'm surprised that I actually <laughs> enjoyed this. You know, yeah, but I think it's because it's got that bit of an eighties vibe as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, she's a, she's. Well, a very good up and coming artist. I was lucky enough to see her uh, at one of the HIV conferences when her first album came out, and she done like an acoustic three song set, and she was fantastic actually. Um, to be fair to her, but you mentioned some great bands there. Level Forty Two, who were mentioned massively on the last Fantastical, thanks to Steve Foster, which is great. I I know exactly where you're coming from with Snow Patrol uh, and the Killers. Actually, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, so I'd be interested to see what our listeners think um, of your points there. So if you've got anything to say or if you agree or disagree with Paul please let us know on Twitter at FantastivalP or give us an email at FantastivalPodcast at Hotmail.co.uk um, so Paul we're roughly the same age I would say so I bought my first record in 88 I believe so let's take yourself back to a young Paul okay he's going to go into a record store probably our price maybe H&V <laughs> Maybe Virgin Megastore. Um, they've all been mentioned on this podcast so far. So, do you remember what you bought um, for the first time when you went into your, your first record shop? 
I mean, basically, I'm thinking it's going to be because like a lot of your guests, obviously, have, um, have been you know like based uh, near, near yourself down south. Yeah. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm, you know what, like I say, more or less forty-one, and I think when it came to it, like I only got my first own hi-fi, you know, hi-fi stack type system back in I think 1990. Um, but I remember getting things like a couple of, you know, like uh, the single stuff like, you know, I can't believe I'm saying it, but stuff like, you know, Simpsons do the Batman and stuff like that, you know, where you go, I really love the Simpsons, I've got to have this. I remember um, quite quite apt timing, but stuff like, you know, um, from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, you know, with Kiss, God Gave Rock and Roll, yeah. what to do, and playing that to death you know and still love it now um but again uh, my first like album that i remember buying um was god i think it was like now 20 um it was either 19 or 20 it had tetris on it anyway you know dr spin um and again i also had the uh, super mario land um track on it as well you know um sorry i should actually research that i'm usually better with me <laughs> but um you know, again, it would be our price because we didn't have a Virgin Megastore to like, like, uh, I think it was about 97. Um, but like our price, I mean, like, because Bolton was my um, local town then as a kid. And, you know, we had like our price. We had Andy's Records. Obviously, we had HMV as well. And uh, we had like a couple of independents. And it just shows how much it's changed as well over the years. You know, but um, yeah, yeah, it's just good times because like when you're a kid and you could spend, you know, the entire afternoon you know going around just the music shops and sadly that's something that you struggle to do nowadays you know but um it's just i think it's a big part of growing up it's such an important you know well part of growing up you know you're spending mm. your pocket money or paper round money or whatever i don't know if people still do paper rounds you know mill rounds whatever god i really am coming across as dead old <laughs> uh, but you know what i mean you know? yeah i absolutely do yeah. I absolutely do. It was a massive part of our kind of childhood and growing up and getting the new album by so-and-so and then all listening to it and then giving you two pence worth on what it was um, and great memories. Again, which is all this podcast is about, bringing back those great memories and getting people to fall in love again. Like you said, you've got back into Level 42. I'm sure there's many other people who've got back into bands um, who'd have had not listened to. I got back into Credence, Clearwater after you know, Rob Myers' episode, um, which is great to hear. So obviously tonight you're putting on your fantasy festival. Uh, what is your festival experience has been like? Do you go to many? Have you, have you not been to many? Um, I've only ever been to three um, because, again, uh, this is going to sound like an old man, but I get really grouchy because after, like, more than a night sleeping in a tent, I just was like, nah, nah I just want bed or something. So the only ones I've ever really done were... Um, Leeds Festival in 2009, which was perfect because there you had um, Maximo Park, you had um, Ian Brown, you had Faith No More, which was a massive deal. Um, you had The Prodigy, you had Arctic Monkeys. It, it seemed to be like a last hurrah of bands that I, you know that I actually like because I have a look at you know festival lineups now, and I always think like if they say eight bands that you like it's worth going mm. but nowadays I just go who oh, oh my god who you know it's like yeah it just doesn't um, interest me um, so much at all um, I've been over to Kendall Calling uh, god about five years ago that was alright you know for a smaller size festival um, again they had Happy Mondays there I don't remember much about it because I was absolutely 
bladdered by the end of the <laughs> night, you know. Um, it, it just to be frank, but you know, it was it was such a you know a, a good show that. And then, but the first one, it was only a day festival, and that was like Ozfest back in 1998 down in Milton Keynes, and um, like Pantera were there. You had the likes of Pit Shifter, you had Slayer, Fear Factory, and for me, really into my metal. You know, that summer of '98 was absolutely amazing. You know, um, I loved it. You know, we had Black Sabbath there, um, which was like the big deal and headliner and everything. And yeah, it's just. I, I, I like the idea of festivals. It's just when you're actually there, I go, oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's a funny one. I, I'm fine going to gigs and stuff like that, you know, but, like, festivals, I think it's just because it's a couple of days, you know, and stuff. But uh, one day, uh, fine. I remember going to this Ben & Jerry's one a few years ago. It's only, again, a, a one day. Uh, God, this is actually back in 2011. Um, and, like, they had Gary Newman and... Um, Maximo Park there and a few other bands as well and I thought this was really good you know um, I think that's just it it's like weather dependent you know if it's a nice sunny day that helps but when you're just getting you know covered in mud it's wet it's cold it's rainy I'm like no that's not for me at all you know <laughs> Leeds 2009 sounds amazing uh, yeah. <laughs> that Leeds gig sounds amazing I mean that could be its own fantastical with Maximo Park Ian Brown Faith No More Prodigy and Arctic Monkeys would be a pretty decent fantastical. And it, if that's yours, and I apologise for just spoiling the surprise, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> well, no, not quite. <laughs> so obviously you mentioned that you you know you, you go to gigs and that's not so much of a problem. What again, no spoilers, but do you have? And again, this question is a very difficult question to answer. Is there one gig that just stands out for you as being above the rest? Or um, I'm going to mention two, right? And my favourite gigs are the ones where you go for the headliner, but then you also have that amazing support act that you also like, and you go, wow, this is this is brilliant, because it's like a proper bonus, you know, because mm. like the price of one ticket, you've got two amazing bands. So back in 97, it was... Um, Prodigy um, with Foo Fighters supporting. Wow. So this was on Fat of a Land tour to support that. And basically, they had um, a band called Red Snapper supporting Prodigy one night and Foo Fighters on the back of Cull and the Shape the other night. So it was like, oh, excellent. And then the Foo Fighters night. And that was just fantastic. You know, that's something I've never forgot. And then um, another another gig was um, you've got um, Wild Hearts with Therapy supporting, which again absolutely loved. Um, and then another one was I think this was over at the GMAX. Uh, it's not even called the GMAX anymore, but oh, Manchester Central, sorry, God. Um, and that was uh, Biffy Clyro with Futurehead supporting. And um, that's that's you know the type of thing that I absolutely love because I think I can't remember if I saw the Futureheads, but again. You know, like my wife got me into bands like Maximo Park, um, Biffy, Futureheads and stuff. You know, like with that sort of like movement from the mid noughties mm. you know, where, you know, that was like our last musical proper movement, you know. Um, what was it? There was like an article that was on a website the other day, you know, where it's like top 50 worst landfill indie, a term I've never oh, heard. Oh, sure. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I totally disagree with most of that. But do you know what? It was funny because it felt more like a walk down um, 
HMV memorabilia yeah. because like when I worked today last time um, 2006 2013 um, with HMV like I've got Carrie going oh, alright number 50 it's this number 49 it's that and it's like oh my god I remember them I remember them you know yeah. and you're like what's happened to all these bands you know but yeah um, but yeah that's a few examples of, um, of you know a few favourite gigs fantastic that Prodigy and Food Fighters gig sounds absolutely immense I know um, I know you I lucky, just yeah. wish I could go back to that yeah, yeah, I mean, to get that lineup, you know, well, you, you couldn't really, but it'd be, that'd be an incredible thing um, to see these days. So thank you for sharing those experiences with us. So I mentioned at the top of the show, this is the Fantastical Podcast. It's all about getting our guests to collect their fantasy festivals. So Paul can choose any five acts from any genre, any time period, any five of his choice, but one must play one of their studio albums in full. And at the end of Paul's Fantasy Festival, he'll get to choose an encore, which all five acts can perform together at the end of his Fantastical. And that can be any song ever recorded by any artist. It doesn't have to be one of his five. It can be any song ever recorded. So it's very simple, five acts, five time slots. So for example, in the last episode, of the Fantastical Podcast, which was Steve Foster's Dilly Gaff Festival. And Dilly Gaff, if you've gone and researched what that stands for, is a fantastic <laughs> title. He held that at Clacton Pier. So Steve had Nar Rogers and Sheik opening his Fantastical win the opening slot. In Steve's super second slot, he had the OJs who made their Fantastical debut. And we've already spoken about them quite a bit on this Fantastical. For the Midway Master slot, Steve selected Level 42 and also selected them to play their album, Modern World in Full, which I actually listened to and enjoyed quite a lot. I was surprised. There was only one song I actually knew. Um, and I can't remember what it was. It was the uh, You Do Something, uh, Something About You before they obviously weren't really commercial um, but a really good album well worth listening to and then in Steve's pre-headline slot he had Earth, Wind and Fire and then to my delight and surprise in Steve's headline slot from half past 8 to 11 Steve put in Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band making their fantastical debut and then he was very cheeky and went for a medley for his encore so I allowed him to do three songs in one due to the quality of his bands he had I Saw the Light by Todd Rundgren which was a great a great yacht rock track followed by You Never Can Tell by Chuck Berry and finished out with Superstition by Stevie Wonder. So as you can see, you can go wherever you want with this. There's no kind of boundaries, hindrances. It's your fantasy festival. You can do what you like. At this point, I would normally go and predict, well, I have a pad and a pad that I write bands down on. I've got one band written down. You probably know who, who I'm talking about. I've seen like your tweets, who I think you're going to headline. So I've got one band. I think I'm probably right, but obviously we'll come on to that at the end of your fantastical to tell you if I was right or not. So a very important question coming first up for you this evening, Mr. Monaghan. What are we going to call your fantastical? Okay, well, basically, um, I'll also tell you where it's um, held and why I'm calling it that. So it's going to be called, obviously, you're aware of um, the KLF song, uh, It's Grim Up North. Well, I'm actually just going to call it, it's in brackets, not so Grim up north, and <laughs> I'm actually gonna hold it at a well, God, I can't believe really it this because it's still the Reebok Stadium to me, but you know, Bolton's football ground because I feel like they've had quite a few big gigs up there, you know, with some massive names. Um, and I just feel like it's getting quite central, 
you know, like if you're over in Manchester, easy enough to get to, you know, and stuff like that. God, it's so boring. This isn't talk about like, you know, transport links and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, yeah, basically, if it starts at this time, we can get this train up from down south and blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, yeah, so held at the um, University of Bolton Stadium, uh, it is going to be It's Not So Grim Up North Festival. Like it. Really cool. And the second football stadium to be on the Fantastical following uh, AD's choice of Boundary Park. And again, another League Two club. So we're not going for Premiership grounds, we're going for nice League Two grounds. And I think, yeah, that stadium has done quite a few famous gigs. I remember one of the Coldplay, I think the Coldplay Fix You video was heavily uh, featured in that video at the Reebok Stadium. I'm sure there have been other, many other big gigs there, like you've said. Absolutely, absolutely. So before I guess we come on to your five acts, this is a question that lots of people have, lots of acts that they want to mention. Yes. Any acts that you would mention who have just not made your top five? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've just wrote down like four or five. Um, Maximo Park I've put down for just missing out because... Again, this is a band that I've seen quite a few times, you know, like uh, over like the last, what, 10, 11 years. Um, and I don't know, they, they don't seem to get like loads of love. Like we mentioned, mm. they came, you know, they came out in that mid noughties era, you know, where we have the likes of Franz Ferdinand, Kaiser Chiefs and everything like that. You know, those enemy type bands, you know, yeah, with, with inverted commas around them. Um, but they've got so many great tracks um sadly the last couple of albums i've not absolutely loved um and they have lost a couple of original members but with things like um a certain trigger you know with like uh, our velocity um books and boxes you know we've yeah, got fast so and pressure is a great track i yeah, remember that one yeah, yeah you know um they've just got some amazing songs that are dead catchy and you can sing along to um and they're one of those bands that, even though I've got mates who aren't really into guitar music, they still like, you know, some of the tracks. You know, like when we used to play SingStar quite a lot, and um, I think it was on PS3, uh, there was like a few songs that you could download. So, you know, we usually, you know, paid the 99p or whatever, you know, so you'd sing along to them as well. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of like that type of act where you go, yep, perfect for a festival. Because if you've got, say, like a 45, 50-minute slot, you've got hit after hit, you know, and, and that's what you want. Uh, another artist along the same lines was Terrorvision. Uh, oh, I do like I do like Terrorvision. I yes. do like Terrorvision. I've got a lot of time yeah. for Terrorvision. Yep. Um, again, catchy, poppy type rock, you know, obviously Tequila, Oblivion, Alice What's the Matter. You know, they've got a bit of a hard edge to them, but they just know how to get the crowd going. Um, and every time they've always do, done a tour, you know, found myself going to it, you know, things like, uh, again, just hit after hit, you know, back in the 90s, they, they could do no wrong, you know. Um, I know everyone just knows them for tequila, but there's more to them for that, you know, than just that. Um, I'm just carry on just whizzing through them. Another one would have been Green Day, uh, a band I've seen live a couple of times. Um, the last time I saw them, though, was like 2009. And um, 
like the gig was about two and a half hours with them on stage and you know they played the more political stuff but then also more of a fun uh poppy type punk ones you know like king for a day and stuff like that and just have like you know fun on stage and i just feel like you know i wasn't keen on the last album see see what i mean like yeah. there's a bit of theme emerging here you know it's like <laughs> the last album not so good you know um but yeah it, it's like one of the few bands that you know i still listen to that been going for quite a while uh, but yeah green day um fantastic um one band that i wanted to put on because i've never seen them and that's system of the down and i kept hoping they'd have done a new album at some point because when i got into system of the down like again mid is when they released um mesmerize and hypnotize you know like more or less a double album um again it was just so aggressive but then like the lyrics were great and everything and i just think you know they'd be uh, amazing to watch so you know um it had come close but they just didn't quite cut it because the five have gone for today um i'm standing by you know um and four of, of the five I've, I've seen live so there's only one that i've not you know uh which which i'm actually just going to add here that this this um so like before my headline so what what you know so it's like before the main event it was going to just be a secret for everyone a secret for even people who were buying a ticket to the event so it's just going to be very special guests you know question mark type thing i just want to try and do something slightly different but obviously I announce it on here oh i like it okay let's do it yeah that's never been done before so i like that so on the fly i will just put very special guests and won't actually put yeah. the uh, name of the artist i like it so some big hitters Paul, Maximo Park, Terrorvision, Green Day, System Over Down, Don't Make the Five. So I think it's probably that time where we should get cracking with yes. the five. Dean. All right, so let's do it. So Bolton Football Ground, the Reebok Stadium, or formerly known as Reebok Stadium, completely sold out to the rafters. Let's make it a lovely, sunny day. It's not yes. so grim up north. Sold out instantly. Everyone knows who your four acts are, but not who the headline act's going to be. So it's two o'clock. It's time for your first act. So who are we going with? So who's going to open your fantastic? Okay, so to, to open, and I wanted a band that know how to get the crowd going. I want those sing-along choruses. I want those heavy riffs. I'm going to go for, again, a band that I absolutely love. I've seen loads, The Wild Hearts. Oh, brilliant. So again, a first appearance on The Fantastical. So The Wild Hearts make their first appearance. So... Obviously, you've mentioned sing-along chorus and heavy riffs, but yes. why? But why? Why? What do they? What do they mean to you? And what? What does their music represent to you? Well, I think when I got into like obviously Wild Hearts have been going since I think for sounds like nineteen ninety three off the top of my head um, with her versus Wild Hearts. But the first time I saw these live was I think it was like back in ninety seven. So this is like where you're going to gig after gig type thing, and you know like college had mates who were really into them and everything and they've just got that sort of like proper rock and roll energy you know like ginger wild heart he's um he, he obviously the lineup's changed quite a lot over the years you know he's fallen out with band members and they've come back and everything like that but uh, it's gonna sound dead pretentious this but he comes across like it's all about the music you know like he, he does so many things you know through um you know uh 
pledging to, you know, different music, um, you know, uh, trying to think of the words, you know, it's like uh, events and stuff like it's got coming up. Yeah, yeah, you know, and stuff like that. So, like, the thing is, though, they've always had that sort of, like, a proper rock band, you know. I don't think, like, you know, when some bands get accused of, like, like selling out or changing the style a bit, I don't think they've ever done that. Um, the, the main one was like when they released the album Endless Nameless, but they were all uh, heavily involved in drugs and it was mm. just uh, quite a noisy mess. This came out again in 97. But when you listen to things like I Want to Go Where the People Go, uh, TV Tan, um, Vanilla Radio, you know, it's like they've just got those amazing songs that if you like the band, um, you know exactly what I mean. Like I, I spoke to a customer, first customer yesterday, says, I like some ginger wild heart stuff. You know, I'm not just saying if it this actually happened and I spent five minutes chatting to him. I was like, Do you know what? This is the best conversation I'm gonna have today, <laughs> you know, at work. Uh, you know, I was like, This is fantastic. So we're there to talk about this, this solo career things and I just love it. Anyone who's seen the wild hearts will know what I mean. You know, my wife's not too into them, you know. Um it's a bit too too heavy you know for her taste and stuff like that but i just think like you know they have got some really really great guitarists and stuff you know some songs do go on for a good few minutes but then it's just like rocked out for a couple of minutes and then again the sing-along chorus i just you, you go to our that's gig you're guaranteed to have a good time you know you're just coming out with a smile on your face like what's up with television brilliant you know Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I know a bit of their stuff. I definitely know I, I want to go where the people go. And I think I, I know another two or three tracks, but I'll definitely go and check them out again because they do sound like a band who I've always kind of thought, oh, I'd quite like them if I ever actually got got a chance to actually go and listen to them. So I think them being included in your Fantastical will make me go and do that. And obviously we'll get some tracks to put on our Fantastical um, playlist on Spotify. So the Wild Hearts sound like a fantastic band to open up your Fantastical. So they'll play for an hour from two till three. We'll have a half hour break and then that will take us to half past three in time for the super second slot. So your second act will have an hour to play. So they'll play till half past four. So they're going to follow the Wild Hearts on stage. It sounds like it's going to be quite a tough a tough act to follow. So Paul, who's going to take your super second slot? Okay, now next up is a band I've only seen twice. Um, back in 98 and then also in 2012, I think it was. And who I'm going for, and again, there's a bit of a northern link here because of a singer, um, and it is Garbage. Oh, Garbage. So again, a first yes. a first appearance on the Fantastical for Garbage. So I don't know that. I obviously know Garbage is three blokes and Shelley Manson. Because uh, <laughs> well, she's, she's Scottish, so it's that, that's that's the well. I'm not I've not chosen like all you know the Northern Link on purpose, but we, uh, there's like a few tenuous ones. But garbage, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, again, first couple of albums, brilliant. Um, just she's got the sort of aggression and energy. You know, she's such an amazing vocalist. Um, I just feel like, you know, you watch Shirley Manson on stage and she just basically has the crowd, you know. Obviously, you've got, um, you know, like, 
they, well, back in the 90s, like, they were massive, you know, like, obviously, they did one of the James Bond, um, you know, uh, songs as well, you know, World Is Not Enough, but you listen to those first couple of garbage albums, you know, things like, um, you know, songs like Push It, uh, Stupid Girl, Queer. Um, I'm only happy when it rains is one I remember. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. You know, and why I've put them on is, as well, like, because, again, very, you know, some very, very heavy guitar tracks on there, but also they got a few songs where, you know, it's things like drum machines, a few, like, beats and stuff like that. So you've got, like, uh, some electronic beats, um, especially on the second album. The only track on that, Temptation Awaits, is, like, quite dancey in a way, you know, and I feel like that will build towards, well things later on in the festival so again anyone who's seen garbage will know where i'm coming from you know they've got a new album and that's meant to be coming out next year which i'm quite excited for you know but um yeah i feel like that's that's a band that again have kept to their style you know still not too keen on the uh, third album beautiful garbage that came out many many years ago now but you know like there's there's a few standout tracks on every single album you know it's, it's just brilliant you know, fantastic. I remember that first album was massive, and I might go mad. Is Butch Vig in Garbage? Yeah, 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 yeah. As a drummer. So a massive producer who's produced umpteen huge albums, right? Of Nirvana, Foo's. I'm probably missing out loads of other artists as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, like he knows his music, you know, and uh, I just think back to again um, that version 2.0 um, tour back in again 98 i was like this is brilliant you know absolutely loving it um and yeah i just it's just one of the bands that i still listen to you know quite a lot you know it's uh yeah she's she's really really um you know great at what she does definitely yeah absolutely and to be around for i guess it's almost 25 years now um in the music yeah which is crazy it's absolutely mad shows they're doing something right right yeah, definite, definite, you know, um, and again, you know, I, I don't look at it and go, oh, sold out the sound or anything like that. I feel like, obviously, the, the 90s was the heyday and everything like that, you know, for always in things like uh, Crying at the Time, you know, and stuff, and like Enemy. Um, but yeah, I, she's obviously, like, every time we interview her, you know, she comes across as, like, a bit gobby you know and sticks to her thoughts and stuff like that you know but yeah just just uh, anyone you know like if you listen back to us especially that first album even now it's still amazing really really is brilliant brilliant so garbage will follow the wild hearts and they take your super second slot so they'll play for an hour so they play from half past three to half past four so again we'll take a half hour break to get over garbage's set so that takes us to our midway madness slot so your midway madness acts will play from five till six they'll have an hour to play so paul who is going to take up your midway madness slot now this this one even though it's third on the belt this could have easily been the headliner easily and they are like my second favorite group ever and it is faith no more oh brilliant brought out the big guns really really have you know um well what can i say and it's basically mike Patton, vocalist like probably well 
I know it's just my opinion, but I do think he is the greatest vocalist in any band because, again, I think Eredis can have like he can sing six octaves, so um, the type of music he can sing along to, you know, he's got the screaming metal, he's got the uh, he even did like an Italian pop, well, 50s Italian pop album uh, a good few years ago now, and you know, like you listen to some of his work and it's just amazing it really is it's like one of those artists that is always busy you know um you know like i know i will get on to fifth and more properly in a minute but just like to just gush about my pattern you know the amount of side projects he's done you know with like some melvins he's in a, a, another group dead cross as well where it's just like you know screamy as anything but then like you listen to some of his stuff and it's just so smooth you know like with a jazz type sound and everything and every single genre of music oh, the man can do no wrong honestly <laughs> he really really can honestly amazing you know um but yeah sorry um there you go there's a like, massive crush on my pattern but when, when it comes to faith no more i remember when when i uh, Faith No More. This it was around the time I was getting into all my metal bands and stuff. And, um, you know, you hear things like Epic, which gets played loads and everything like that. And it was around the time where Digging the Grave came out and uh, for King for a Day, Phil for a Lifetime album, which is my personal favourite Faith No More album because that album is a perfect example of the vocal range, you know, tracks like Evidence, Star AD, Dead Dead Chilled and everything. And then when you listen to things like um, Ugly in the Morning, Digging the Grave, you know, they're like the proper screaming ones uh, with, you know, the proper heavy guitar and everything. And I just think it's, you know, like a masterpiece, that album. But this is also where my album in full is going to come in because what Faith and are going to play in their hour is they're going to play uh, Angel Dust album in full because when I speak to Faith No More fans this is one conversation we um, we have quite a lot you know what's the best Faith No More album and people go oh it's the real thing because of Epic and from out of nowhere and um, you know there are some amazing tracks you know I've called Wild Pigs on it and stuff and then like I said you know I love King for a Day, you know, for reasons given. And then a lot of people go, yeah, but, you know, with Angel Dust, you've got Midlife Crisis, you've got Easy on it and stuff like that. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to go for, um, to, to play Angel Dust, you know, in its entirety. Uh, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic album. You know, you've got some proper standout tracks on there, you know. Um, and again, it'll still show its vocal range, you know. Are you a fan of it? Sorry, I'm just basically just. No, mate, away. I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you. I know, I know their hits. I know actually, I know digging the grave because I that video when I came out when I just first got MTV, so I I know the yeah. video of that one quite well. That's a quite a screamy great track. Obviously, I know Easy, Epic was on about eight of the rock compilations that I had. <laughs> Always on like the second disc though, um, of the rock compilations that I had. Faith them or a band who. I know of, but don't quite know enough of them. I know, obviously, through working at HMV, that Mike Patton seems to release quite a lot uh, under his own name or under his side projects. Who you've mentioned that Italian opera album sounds insane, um, <laughs> sounds insanely brilliant. But again, I don't know too much about them. I've never, I, they're not an act who I've ever seen live. Yeah, well, like I say, I've only had 
chance to see him live twice. Um, 1997 um, at Manchester Academy. And it's like only about, what, 15 quid a ticket. I said that the tickets to go upstairs. Um, it's like pointless facts there. But um, basically, they split up April 98 after they did this album of the year. And then the rumours started back in 2008. I think it was 2009 that they were going to be getting back together so then they did like the very odd UK show as well as Leeds and Reading festivals so that's what swung it for me to actually get off my backside and go go on to me well wife you know saying like yeah I'll come to um, Leeds festival with you because Prodigy were there and Faith No More were there so I was like that's all I need to know hmm. and um, seriously just absolutely love that band I mean basically I was meant to go and see him again this summer but obviously something or other happened I don't know what it is the whole year's been a lockdown <laughs> blur um, sorry I've just time stamped your show uh, but yeah it's, um, it's, it's been postponed now to next year so 2021 so uh, I'm looking forward to that because again just uh, it's so so close between you know Prodigy and Faith No More from my favourite group yeah really um, but I know it's totally different types of music but seriously I absolutely love love them brilliant you know it's uh, yeah fantastic brilliant it was really nice to hear you talk about that because your passion uh, for them really came through on that so I really enjoyed listening to you talk about that and obviously I'll go and listen to Angel Dust um, in the week obviously because you picked that as your album to play to but no it sounds really cool yeah. obviously they came when they got back together they played in London Hyde Park which is just absolutely yeah. like mammoth do you know what I mean so and then they've kind of played smaller gigs as the years have gone on now. They're on kind of like your Brixton Academies, which is probably where you'd want to see them. Or I'd yeah, want to see them if I ever went to see them. Uh, but, mate, I hope you see them next year, and I hope they absolutely smash it out of the park for you. And I hope they play Angel Dust in full for you. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I hope you like that album when you listen to it. Because, like, when you listen to um, Land of Sunshine, the opening track, because, again, because I like the keyboards and synthesizers, you hear a lot of it you know, on that album. You don't hear, on, on King for a Day, you don't hear it as much because the keyboardist, uh, Ronnie Bottom, had quite a lot of um, drug issues around that time. So I think he was just getting himself clean and stuff. Um, sorry, there seems to be a recurring theme now with Wild Hearts and that and stuff like that. <laughs> Ugh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Mate, not a problem at all. So Faith No More are going to play Angel Dust. They're going to have an hour yes. and hopefully play a few more tracks. Um, yes, from yeah, yeah, they're going to get a couple in. You'll have Epic, you'll have We Care A Lot, um, you know, a couple of the hits and maybe try and squeeze one or two of us in. You know, they will make the most out of that hour, definitely. Brilliant, brilliant. The crowd are going to love that. So they'll take us up to six o'clock at uh, It's Not So Grim Up North Fantastical. So it'll be time after they finish for our pre-headline act. So only two acts left to go. So we've had Wild Hearts, we've had Garbage, we've had Faith No More. So now at half past six, the pre-headline act are going to get an hour and a half, so slightly longer to play. So, Paul, who is going to take your pre-headline act slot? Well, this one is going to be the mystery guest. So, okay, you can picture the scene. You've got, obviously, the stage and everything set up. You've got a massive black curtain so you can't see anything about it you know I'd like to think people are going who's it going to be who's it going to be because you've had like Faith No More who have headlined in so many places but changing the tone a little bit and this is a band that I've never seen and I want to just like throw a bit of a curveball but if you, you've got it it's really talking this up now and people's got 
is that them? Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, um, but no, for me, if, if it was my fancy lineup, I'd just go, right, okay. Say so I'd have over PA or someone on, on, coming onto stage, just one question, and it's dead simple one. It'd just be, what time is love? Curtain down. You've got the KLF who've just come back with the whole setup that you see in the likes of, you know, last train to. Uh, Train to Trans Central uh, music video, you know, with like the whole um, pyramid type things, you know, the pyramid blaster um, logo. You've got like, you know, the druids and everything. We've got like the guitars, the drums, and then boom, straight into hit after hit from the White Room, which is if this was held next year, would be 30 years old. Wow. So I wanted to make a big impact. Now, I've chosen because. This album was absolutely huge. Even though, like, my dad wasn't into dance music, this album sort of, and again, I've just got a lot of memories from it growing up because I was, what, 10 or 11 by the time, like, KLF were massive. Even though we'd done other things like uh, um, Doctor and the TARDIS as the Time Lords, you know, um, and then a few other tracks, you know, things like... Um, Obviously, um, Justified Nature was a massive one as well. Mm. Um, I felt like this is the type of band I would love to see live. You know, even though half the time it'd probably just be, you know, um, like DJ type set. You know, when you go on YouTube, there's hardly anything at all because obviously they're notorious for taking a lot of the stuff. You know, like there's hardly anything at all, if anything, on on a Spotify, but. If it just seemed to be when when you read on like KLF and read like a couple of books, you know, again, do things their own way, you know, um, burning the million quid, leaving the music industry. Like I shared that picture um, the other the other night on um, Twitter at the uh, 1992 Brit Awards, where um, you've basically got Bill Drummond pulling out a machine gun at the end and firing black bullets into the crowd, and that sounds absolutely mental saying that out loud now <laughs> because it, it just it never ever happened which, which is a good point that it wouldn't but like I look at it now and I just think Jesus you know it's like you listen to their sound and they've got like a lot of samples and things like that so it's like some of the old bootleg stuff and you sample Beatles and we all know that sampling Beatles is always a massive no-no and uh, you know other certain artists like that but the big selling point for me what would be for this uh, for this gig would be you could play through the white room which is only about 35 40 minutes but before we split up they were also going to do a sequel the black room so this was going to be a lot more uh, guitar metal heavy um and hence the 1992 brit awards performance with extreme noise terror not a band that i'm into but you know it's like proper type metal you know growly noise and I feel like it'd be a good chance to obviously play a couple of tracks from there you know it really would be a big deal you know to actually go shit KLF actually came back and we played a gig because they've always done things on their own terms hence not really advertising it you know like uh, only a few years ago they released a book um and they turned up again in an ice cream van and I think it was only over in Liverpool this like book signing and they just turned up at midnight because it was 23 years after 
after leaving the music industry, you know, there's like loads and loads of, you know, Illuminati type uh, uh, links and things like that when you when you read the books. Um, yeah, it just this is this is a big big one for me, you know. Um, I think it just made people go, all oh, right, okay, you know, as long as people know, especially from you know the the big singles from uh, the White Room, definitely. I don't know if Tammy Winnett had. Uh, be there to sing Justified Nature with them but there you go mate it's your fan festival if you want to bring her over you bring her over my friend we will do it we'll get her there we'll get her there that's a great that's a great that's a great mystery act to have because I don't think anyone would guess that I don't think anyone would know it's it's just like that link though to me getting into the dance music and everything like that you know um, like I've played a lot of it to you know Arsene Theo you know like a lot of the 90s dance and stuff and you, you just wonder because you think back at, like you know when you were a kid growing up and we touched on that before you know like with the level 42 with likes of Christians and Deacon Blue you know music you heard as a kid and you go that reminds me of my dad and that reminds me of that that reminds me of my mum and stuff um, and yeah I think it's nice it's that sort of link to to music and that's one thing that I'd have to have in there I've got to have that link you know to your own musical history uh, you know the previous generation you know that your parents or family members and stuff like that you know um, that's that's why we you know music fans yeah absolutely very sorry I'm going bloody deep here no know? mate we can go as deep as you want my friend deep as you want so the KLF will take your pre-headline slot they'll play for an hour and a half they are the mystery guests so they'll play until eight o'clock which will bring us into half past eight your headline app will have two and a half hours to play now i think i know who your headline headline app is going to be <laughs> only from That's seeing like your twitter only from seeing busted. some of your tweets um yes. that you've put out but paul it's half past eight yeah. klf have smashed it the crowd are well excited they're pumped for this one so who is going to be headlining your It's Not So Grim Up North Fantastic. Right, well, anyone who knows me will know the answer to this, but you have got the greatest live act, and honestly, I, I still always stand by that, because they, they are my favourite group, it's The Prodigy. Um, not that you'll be surprised, you know, <laughs> but um, I, honestly, this, this is a band that I absolutely love, seeing live and um oh Christ, before actually talking about you know what i put into you know what i'd have them start and end with and stuff um the prodigy of a band that i first saw in 1996 so i was um 16 then almost 17 and it's a band that i'd like since day one like say into all the you know dance and rave stuff and my favourite album of all time is still music for, the, music for the Guilty Generation. You know, it's like 26 years old now. For me, perfect album. Just, you know, hit after hit in my eyes. You know, it's like, it's just a massive musical journey. Absolutely love it. So, when I was 16, it would be like, right, finally, finally got a chance to go and watch um, The Prodigy at Manchester Apollo. And you can see like a little clip of it, about 20 minutes clip on uh, YouTube. And I remember going with my mate, Mariner, still mates with him, you know, we mates like 30 years now. And he's a few years younger than me. And we had to have seated tickets that first time, which is a bit gutting. Um, but then like say, the second time was the year after with Free Fighters supporting, like I mentioned. Amazing. Um, and it comes down to a band that I've not seen tons and tons, probably about 
10 times because some some people like in a prodigy facebook group i'm on um they, they've seen like every single gig they can get to you know we're talking like well over 100 some some people and i just feel like with the prodigy they've changed their musical style so much again i mentioned bands like alternate before utah saints you know the prodigy as soon as that second album came out it was bringing in the guitar i remember when um crank started co- um, covering them with things like poison and voodoo people and they're like oh no you can't have prodigy in their dance mm. and it's like well yeah i understand that but they've got that sort of metal energy and then by the time um, fat of land came out in 97 you've just basically got a proper touring band guitars drums you've still obviously got all the keyboards with liam howlett who's just a musical genius um and they were massive you know every single magazine everyone knew who keith flint was you know because of firestarter video festival and you, you know you look at them and They've won over so many crowds at festivals. They go, oh no, Prodigy, oh, I'm a Firestar. You know, and you're like, right, have you seen him live? And you're like, oh no, no, I don't think I'd like it. And you go, please do, because you know how to get the crowd going. And um, I was lucky enough to um, meet, I bet like about, I got to meet Keith Flint. Oh wow. And um, yeah, it was uh, after a Blackpool gig in 2015. And this is someone who I just modelled myself on when I was a, a kid, when he had long hair and stuff. Because um, I had like, me long hair like as a teenager. And um, in, oh God, when was it? It was May 2015. So it was after a Blackpool Empress Ballroom gig. Um, I got to meet him and Liam Howlett and get me picture with him. And that was such a big deal. Because in 2010, uh, again, uh, Empress Ballroom, it was um, getting to meet uh, Maxim. Uh, which was like, oh, brilliant, you know, just missed uh, Keith and Liam that day. So, you know, five years on to get pitched to them was amazing. You know, like, that's one of the best nights out ever. And, you know, when you said before, what's my favourite gigs? I suppose thinking about it, it's going to be that one. Because this was like five years ago, and there's like three of us that went along. And, you know, you, you're there, <laughs> all of us in our 30s, you know, with responsibilities, but it hmm. felt like we were teenagers yeah. because we stayed over in Blackpool that night, loads of beer, you know, <laughs> kebab at the end of the night and just drinking all day. And I went, my God, like the next day, you know, it was a complete write-off. But, you know, it was like, oh, I felt like a teenager then. But um, I was lucky enough to see the last... Um, UK tour, um, it was November 2018, so it was just before I started back at HMB, you know, over in Liverpool, um, they played there, and then sadly, you know, a few months later, um, you know, uh, Keith sadly, you know, took his life, and I still remember getting that phone call off my manager, because I was downstairs on the shop floor, and he just went, oh, Keith Flint's died, I went, what? He goes, yeah, I was like, no, you know, it's just like in tears, you know. And um, it's always that sort of big musical death that hit you, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is awful, you know. And to see the, don't worry, we'll, I'll bring this back up in a minute. But um, <laughs> to see the outpouring of, like, love, you know, for, you know, like what the band have done and how the, 
you know, changed the style and everything. And I know obviously it was like, you know, the vocal point, vocal point even. Um, it's just a weird one. I don't know what they'll do, you know, um, you, you know, going forward. I really, really don't. But this one, again, it's Fantasy Festival, so he's still with us, you know, for this one, you know. Um, yeah, so I think it'd be starting, like, with um, Smack My Bitch Up. I want to go in hard, because he usually plays right near the end. And, again, I just want, like, that, sorry the term, but, like, banger after banger. So, you know, the likes of their law, voodoo people. You want so many of the hits, obviously, Firestarter. You just want the aggression, because that crowd at a prodigy gig goes absolutely crazy but people look out for each other you know they're not just uh, allowing you to get knocked over and get trampled on you know a bit like a fair factory gig I was at back in uh got about 99 and again being a bit of a you know uh short ass at five foot four five five you know god obviously battered then uh, anyway uh, back to prodigy <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it just comes down to I know we're going to put on the show because again, no one can, in my eyes, no one can touch them live, um, and you, you just guaranteed a good end to the night. You know, it's yeah. Uh, anyone seen the prodigy should agree with me. I do remember again when they were at Leeds 2009, and I said to my wife, "Come on, we'll we'll go down, we'll get stuck in," and she went, "Not a chance." You know, so we had to watch from a distance. But usually, again, I'll always manage to get right to the front and stay at the front. I'm absolutely battered the next day, but it's just such a good experience. It really, really is. I was lucky. I saw I've seen Prodigy twice. I saw him support Oasis at Nebworth, which was a bit odd at the time. Like when you were saying, "Oh, I'm not sure if I would fancy it or whatever." I was I was that kid. Um, saying that in 1996 when I wanted to go and see the like you know the kings of the guitar Britpop era yeah, yeah. the Prodigy yeah. was fantastic and then I went to see him um, at Brixton it must have been like 2002 or 2003 and it was a great gig the, I'll always remember getting in and it was so hot in Brixton Academy and they were sound checking and they were sound checking the bass and the bass literally shook me to the core of my bones. I'd never heard anything like it. The two loudest live bands I've ever heard within Academy Walls have been Prodigy and, believe it or not, Biffy Clyro, who, when I saw at Hamilton, yeah, yeah. almost oh, literally blew my ears off. Um, but yeah, Prodigy were a great live act, and it'd be interesting or you know, to see where where it goes now with Prodigy because I think they're at a crossroads now and it's, I know. it's where I know. how do you take it for do you take it forward or do you just remember it for what it was because how can you ever recapture what that was it's a real kind of difficult time isn't it we are, we are like uh, on the Facebook group you know, we always wonder and things like that you know there's talk going no oh, it'd be good to get like Leroy Thornhill back in the group you know and uh I don't know, I, I, you know, that Blue Sky scenario will be one last tour, mm. you know, but then Liam still do some of his own work and things like that, you know, because you think, what, we're in the 50s now? Well, Liam's not quite, but, um, or he's more or less there, but, you know, that just absolutely blows my mind, you know, but <laughs> that's just it, when you sometimes, like, look at bands that you've liked for years and you go, my God, they're that old now? It's like when I look at um, James Hetfield in Metallica, you know, you go, God, you know, it's quite old now, you know, and stuff, because, like, you always still, like, think of him 
like you know the black album era you know with yeah. like the scraggly mullet type thing and the handlebar moustache still and you know it's it's just it's sadly one of those things you know but yeah i just feel like that would be uh, you know the perfect band to um you know to, and it'll bring a lot of people in definitely you know with that one definitely. absolutely great choice for your headline act so prodigy will take your headline act slot they'll play for two and a half hours so they're going to play to 11 o'clock and then at 11 o'clock we're going to bring all your five acts back on stage for an encore like we mentioned before so this can be any song ever recorded by any act doesn't have to be one of your five picks but all five acts are going to play together on it to give you a fantastical the ending it deserves so last week we had three songs wrapped in one which was a medley that i let slide um very cheeky of steve foster like i mentioned before so paul who and what are we going to have for your last song of your fantastical for your encore? Well, it's got to seem a little bit of a cop-out, really, but it does tie in, and I'm actually going to go for um, KLF with um, It's Grim Up North, their, <laughs> their song, because I feel like you could give a slight twist to the lyrics, you know, with the It's Not So Grim Up North, <laughs> because all it is, that song... Is like again, Bill Drummond just going through a list of northern towns. So it's just like going to Wigan, Bolton, like you know, like Salford, Lee, and just like to this dance beat. So you could have you know the vocalists from each group. So you know, Ginger, Shirley Manson, you could have like Liam Howlett on you know, doing some beats and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like it does bring it all together, you know, so it's a bit of a sort of tongue-in-cheek ending to the night going, yeah, we say it's going up north, but look at the night you've had here. It's been absolutely brilliant, you know, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, so, you'll have a good time, hopefully, you know. Um, sounds like an am- yeah. amazing way to wrap up the Fantastival. Um incredible so all your five acts will play that song together so like i mentioned i had one band on my pad in front of me who i thought you'd go for in your headline slot which you did so i'm happy to say i got one out of five i did actually see your klf post on facebook i think yesterday or on friday and i thought oh he's i wonder if he's going to choose the klf but i didn't put it down on my prediction sheet so i i won't cheat i only got one no 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 that's fair enough i I just had to do that because i wanted it to be a curveball because there's a lot of people that love them you know so when you think of like the early 90s dance type stuff and you know like the house sound and yeah sorry go on i'm just cutting you off no no absolutely mate go on mate you're fantastic go on no no who else would you have thought oh have you not made any? I, I, I didn't have any other notes. I had Prodigy. I thought you might go for yeah. KLF. I had no idea. I thought you might go for, like, again, early 90s dance, but then my knowledge of that is so not good. Um, I, I didn't know where to take it. But I'm happy I got one out of five. So No, 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 I know. It was tempting to go down that 90s dance thing, you know, to have that sort of, like, ultimate, you know, dance line, you know, with the likes of Alternate there and stuff. But... You know, I just felt like it's. I was just taking on that journey from sort of like the more rock stuff, going into a bit more dance stuff, and ending with like more rocky dance. So to try and bring it round, you know, again, really amazing. But no, it's it's just. I just wish that gig had happened. Now. But obviously, I'm a bit biased. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's well, it's very unlikely that we could ever get that to happen. But you never, you never really know. 
Um, and one day maybe in the fantastical world that we live in, who knows what will happen? Hey, no one would have could have predicted what twenty twenty would be like. So you know, don't don't count your chickens before it's over. So let's go and summarise the fantastical. Let's lock it in. So you can still change your mind up until the point that we lock it in. So I'm about to do that now. So we have it's the it's not so grim up north festival taking place at Bolton Football Stadium. In your opening slot, we've got the Wild Hearts. In your super second slot, we're going to have Garbage. Midway Madness lot, we're going to have Faith No More. They are also going to play their album Angel Dust. In your pre-headline slot, we're going to have Mystery Guests who will be confirmed just before they come on as the curtain drops as being the KLF. And then in your headline slot, we are going to have The Prodigy and Fully Encore. We are going to have KLF's It's Grim Up North. Mr. Monaghan, are you happy with that? Are we locking that fantastical in? Lock it in. Lock it in. (laughs) Beautiful. That is some... Fantastical. That is a lineup to beat all lineups. Um, fantastic, mate. Thank you so much for doing that. I really enjoyed that. How, how, how have you found it? I've, I've absolutely loved it. I mean, when I, the only thing that I worried about when I was putting this together, going, is it a bit too well nineties heavy? Which is uh, obviously the way I'm bound to go because you know you listen to some of the lineups uh, other guests have had, and you know, like say the likes of OJ's, you know, Bruce Springsteen and stuff. And you've got such a mixture of decades, you know, um, and you know, so many of them would be absolutely fantastic, you know, to, to spend the day there, you know, watching them and stuff. I mean, there's just so many artists to choose from, you know, um, and like when you say, you know, you mention a few or what about this? What about that? You know, like who else did you think of? You know, I mentioned like Gary Newman before for again an artist that's changed his style and sound over the years you know to still be relevant and stuff and yeah I've just I've loved it uh, I know obviously we've gone on over an hour um, I did warn you this may happen flash forward um, <laughs> but yeah just just fantastic really is Mate, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure having you on. And let's give your podcast one more push towards the end of this. So Maximum Power Up, a retro games podcast. Very highly recommended. Paula, one last shout out. Where can people find you? How do people listen to it? Okay, so again, on Twitter, at Maximum Power Up. And basically on uh, the website is just MaximumPowerUp.com. Dead, dead easy. Uh, again, you've got God knows how many hours uh, that we've recorded as a team. I try not to think about it because you think over 100 episodes now. God knows how many hours I put into editing as well. But there you go. You know, it's all it's all fun. Perfect mixture of guest interviews and um, gaming chit-chat. Brilliant, brilliant. So if you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you do. So that is it. Thank you for listening to the 17th episode and the longest episode of the Fantastical Podcast so far to date. Well, I had a feeling we'd uh, we'd make it the longest. So if you've enjoyed this episode, and if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. And if you're listening on Spotify or Anchor, please give us a follow. And do not forget, if this is your first time listening or 2nd or 17th, please recommend this podcast to all of your friends or families. And if you think you've got an artist who you've got in mind who you'd like to appear on the podcast, let us know. These days we can get email addresses or there are social media accounts we can follow. We have been emailing people and artists to see if they want to come on. Um, we have got someone who I'm very fond of as an artist who says he will do it. He's based in America, um, so just trying to sort out a date for that. I won't do any spoilers. We had a nice rejection letter actually from Nils Lofgren of the East Street Band. Got a nice email back from his manager saying he hasn't got time to do it, although 
Nils, what are you doing if you haven't got time to do a podcast? And um, we actually, I emailed um, Joel Pott, uh, lead singer of Athlete, who now is a major songwriter. Got a nice rejection from him. So you get a nice rejections um, and hopefully we'll get a few more nice um, acceptals of the Fantastical podcast. But make sure you are following us on Twitter if you aren't, at Fantastical P. And a reminder that we say every week, we can't play music on podcast, but we do have a fantastical Spotify playlist. So if any acts tonight have caught your ear and you want to go deep into them, we'll get some tracks from Paul and we'll add them to the fantastical Spotify, Spotify, Spotify playlist on Spotify, which is a great playlist. There's a, about 11 hours now worth of fantastic music and that's a great way to go and find artists. So all that's left to say is a huge thank you to my 17th fantastical podcast friend, Mr. Paul Monahan. Paul, I really enjoyed tonight. I think your passion came across really well in your acts. And yeah, thank you for giving up your Sunday evening uh, to do this. I know your wife's heavily pregnant and you've got a, a three and a half year old and I know how difficult it is to do podcasting with a young family. So thank you for making the time to do that. So I'll be back with episode number 18 next week. So please make sure to join me. But until then, my fantastical friends, make sure you stay safe and please continue to spread the word and that word is fantastical.